Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how you can maximize social security. And not in the traditional sense of, yes, James, I know the longer I wait to collect social security, the more I get. And and that's typically where people go when it comes to understanding how to maximize social security. But that is looking at social security and a collection strategy in a very limited scope and kind of looking at it in a vacuum without considering everything else that it impacts as part of a comprehensive financial plan. So the question today comes from Kevin and Kevin says this, he says, I understand that delaying social security will result in an increase in benefits and that the break even is roughly in the early eighties. However, isn't that break even for the cumulative amount, ignoring the potential return on investments. For example, if claiming at 62, that means I don't need to withdraw that amount from my own investments. Let's say those investments grow at 5% or 6%, even though the benefit at 70 would be larger. The compounding from claiming at 62 might make the break even much, much longer. I think with some back of the envelope calculations, once you can get above a 4% return on your investments, you'll always be better off claiming early. This ignores other taxes, so that could still come into play, but am I missing other considerations? Assume when I could get a reasonable return on my investments, why wouldn't I want to claim early? All right. Well, that is an excellent question, Kevin. And like I said, why I like this is so often we look at investments or taxes or social security or pensions or whatever it is, and we just focus on that one aspect of our plan without considering how that will impact everything else. How does our social security strategy impact our investments, which impacts our tax strategy, which impacts everything else? And so that's what I want to look at today. Now, a quick reminder before jumping into this too much further, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to check us out on YouTube. We have all these episodes uploaded as well as other video content that's designed to help you to create and maintain a secure retirement. So if you have not already done so, check us out on YouTube. You can find that at Root Financial Partners and you will find this content along with much, much more. All right, well, back to the episode. Let's look at just a sample. I think oftentimes looking at a sample and using real numbers is going to be best to illustrate some of the points I want to make here. Let's assume that I could retire at full retirement age or I could collect Social Security at my full retirement age and my Social Security benefit would be $3,000. Now, if my full retirement age is 67 and that benefit is $3,000, what that means is I could collect as early as 62, like everyone else can, but my benefit would be reduced to $2,100. I could also decide to wait until 70. And at 70, my benefit would be $3,700. So what you start to see is you see what most people look at, which is, okay, I can collect early and collect a smaller amount, or I can collect later and collect a larger amount, or anywhere in between. And the way most analyses are done on this is they look at this and say, okay, well, between age 62 and 67, What we want to do is we want to compare what if you collect at 62, what is your cumulative benefit? So you're collecting a lesser amount, but for more years. And so what's your cumulative benefit each year? So at age 62 or age 63, at age 64, and total up all the dollars that you would have received had you collected early versus someone who waited until age 67. So their full retirement age in this example. And even though that person waited later to collect, 
meaning there was a bunch of zeros in terms of their cumulative benefit from age 62 to 67, they're now collecting a larger benefit, $900 per month more in this example. Again, $3,000 per month at age 67 versus $2,100 per month at age 62. Now what's going to happen is the person that collected their benefit at age 62, they are going to be better off than the person who waits until age 67 right up until about age 78. Because again, what's happening is yes, they're collecting a lower benefit, but if you add up all those benefits versus the person who waited till 67 and collected zero benefits for the first five years, but now has a larger benefit, the break even is at age 78, which conventional logic would say, if you expect your life to be shorter than age 78 or your life expectancy to be 78 or shorter, you would probably be better off collecting early because you're going to have more years of collecting a smaller benefit that would put you ahead of waiting longer to collect and having a larger benefit, but for fewer years. If you're not looking at age 62 versus 67, but instead you're looking at the break even between age 62 and age 70, again, 70 is when you max out your benefit because you've taken advantage of your delayed retirement credits. Well, the break even there is about age 81. So you are exactly right, Kevin, in your question is you see, I understand the benefit or the break even to be somewhere in the early 80s, then yes, it's between age 78 and 81, depending on what two ages you're, you're pulling out to compare versus one another. Now, what this scenario looks at is just a cumulative dollar benefit. And by the way, what happens with Social Security is every year you're going to receive a little bit of a cost of living adjustment, assuming that inflation has gone up, at least inflation the way Social Security calculates it. I am just using the dollar amount, kind of the present value, because if Social Security goes up 3% per year, well, it's going up 3% per year on each of these. So you're not going to receive the same exact dollar amount year after year after year, but the break even will still be the same because whether you collect at 62 or 67 or 70, those benefits are being inflated by the same amount. Now, what I want to do though is to Kevin's point, say, well, James, that's great, but that's a very simplistic calculation. And it is. If you look at this, this would tell you the longer you expect to live, the better off you are collecting at 70. In this example, if you were lived to age 90 and you were to start collecting benefits at age 62, you would have collected a cumulative benefit of $731,000 over the course of your lifetime, ignoring the cost of living adjustments. If you were to collect at age 67 instead of 62, you would have collected a cumulative benefit of $864,000. So that's 133,000 more lifetime dollars you would have received had you started at 67 as opposed to 62. Now, if you'd waited all the way until 70 and lived to 90, your lifetime benefit would have been $932,000, which is a full $201,000 more than you would have had had you collected at age 62. But let's now look at how this analysis changes if you collect early and invest it. And by the way, we're going to go into the pros and cons of this before the end of the episode. So this isn't a recommendation to do this. It's just an exploration of an alternative way of looking at this, one that most people don't look at when they're conducting a simple social security analysis. So let's look at the numbers now. Enough talk about this. I'm going to pull this up. And what I did is I created a spreadsheet using the same example of you could collect at age 62 and the benefit would be $2,100 per month, or you could collect at age 67 and the benefit would be $3,000 per month. Of course, we could add on 70, but the principle is going to apply. So I just want you to start with those two ages. What I'm assuming is I'm assuming that once you collect, you could invest that money and get a rate of return of 6% per year. Obviously, that's not a guarantee and nothing is certain, but let's look at what that would do. Now, keep in mind that in the previous scenario, when we looked at what would happen if you lived until 90 and if you collected at age 62 versus collecting Social Security at age 67, 
Well, the person who collected age 62, they would have collected a total lifetime benefit of $731,000. We just add up the monthly benefit every single year from 62 until 90. Well, the person that collected at age 67, their lifetime benefit was $164,000 per year. So looking at that, it makes it look like collecting at 67 is significantly better than collecting at 62 if you're going to live until 90, or really if you're going to live past age 78 is where that break even is. Now, if instead of just collecting the benefit, we show what if you collect that benefit and were to invest it and earn a rate of return of 6% per year, well, now the person who collected at 62 probably looks a whole lot smarter than they did in the previous scenario. By age 67, the person who had been collecting at age 62, they have five years of collection under their belt already. And if that had been growing by 6% per year, they already have about $147,000 of that money has grown to by collecting early and investing it. By age 90, the person who collected at age 62, had they taken their whole benefit and just invested it and gotten 6% per year, their benefit would have grown to $1,962,000 compared to the person who clicked at age 67, whose benefit would have grown to 1923000 So not a major difference there, but the person who did collect at age 62, they have about $40,000 more in an ending balance than did the person who collected at age 67. Now, just to put this in perspective, if you collect and don't invest, and you do this at age 62, I just said that you'd have $1.96 million if you invested. The person who just collected and you're doing the analysis, just total dollar benefits, that was $731,000. So the investing added another $1.2 million to the ending balance of what they had. The person who collected age 67, instead of having $864,000 of total lifetime benefits by the time they're 90, well, they invested their benefits, that grew to $1.923 million. So in this case, it's a whole lot closer, but the person who collected age 62 came out ahead. Now, if instead of running this at a 6% growth rate, we run it at a 5% growth rate, well, in that case, the person who collected at age 67 comes out slightly ahead by about $30,000 or so. So what that tells us is the break-even growth rate is somewhere right around 5.5%, meaning if you can invest or if you can collect Social Security early and get a rate of return of more than 5.5%, in this scenario at least, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons and kind of what's missing here and some of the nuance that's missing here, you would be better off to collect early and invest your money. If you grow by less than 5.5% per year, and again, this is assuming that you live until 90, you would be better off waiting until 67. So depending on the growth rate that we use or that we assume, and depending on the life expectancy that we assume, the break-even is going to be different. Now, if you're going to ramp up the return, say to 8% per year that you're going to use in this calculation, well, at that point, in almost no case would it make sense to delay because what you're going to get is you're collecting earlier and that money is being put to work for you and the compounding effect of that money being put to work for you is going to offset more of the, the geometric increase in terms of the increase of benefits the longer you collect. And what I mean by that is there's going to be an exponential growth rate on collecting early because you're compounding faster and more of a geometric growth rate. So you're using addition as opposed to multiplication when you're looking at the increase in benefits in those two scenarios. So anyways, all that means is the higher the growth rate you're going to get, in most cases, the more it makes sense to collect early because you can turn around and invest that money. As I'm saying this, I can already hear people saying, James, this example does not make sense. Who just collects their social security benefit and then invests it? We collect it because we need to live on that. Well, sure. But let this be a proxy for any benefit that you're collecting and investing. That's probably not what you're actually doing. But for every dollar that you are collecting in Social Security early, 
allows you to leave one extra dollar in your investment portfolio. Meaning, let's say that, for example, you have a social security benefit of 2000 per month at age 62, and maybe you need to live on 5000 per month. Well, if you were delaying social security, you might need to take that full 5000 per month from your investment portfolio. But if you're collecting social security early, there's 2000 per month coming from social security and only 3000 per month coming from your investment portfolio. So no, you're not taking social security in and investing it in most cases, but this is kind of looking at the opportunity cost of what if you do delay social security, sure, your benefit goes up, but you're drawing down your portfolio faster. So if that portfolio that you're not drawing down as fast because you're collecting social security early grows at 6% per year, then that's kind of like the equivalent of what we're looking at in this example here. All right. So with that, again, please don't take this as a recommendation just to go out and collect social security early in all cases. There are still pros and cons and nuances to both. The benefits of collecting early, number one, is it definitely can enhance the total value created from social security. If you're combining collecting early with an investment strategy that can grow by five, six plus percent per year, well, then you can probably enhance the total value created by social security. Even with that, there's some nuances I'm going to explain in just a second here. But just looking at it very simplistically, that is one way you can view it, is if you can grow by more than five and a half, six percent or so, you might be better off collecting Social Security early. Number two, the second benefit is any unused investment amount that passes to your beneficiaries. So if you do create more total lifetime value from collecting Social Security early and investing it, well, whereas Social Security, once you pass and your spouse passes, that benefit is done forever. But if you collect early, and invest it, that is then money if there's excess that you can leave to your own beneficiaries. So whereas social security does not continue upon your passing and your spouse's passing, any investment assets that you have, whether they're coming from investing your social security benefit or your 401k your whole life, it doesn't matter. That would pass on to your beneficiaries. Now, there still are benefits to delaying. And I want to talk about what those are too. Number one, in a way, delaying your social security benefit is kind of like forced savings. Because what I see some people say is they say, okay, I'm going to collect social security and invest it. But then they collect social security and they just end up spending more. And if you're collecting social security and you're not decreasing how much you're pulling from your investment portfolio, and it just means you're spending more, it's kind of backfired on you. You're now locking in a lower social security benefit and it feels good up front because you're able to spend more but you're going to pay the price for that on the back end. You're not going to have as much total lifetime benefits as you would had you delayed social security, which increases your benefit, which in some ways is like a delayed or forced savings. Another benefit of deferring or delaying your social security benefit is you don't have to worry about the earnings limit. For 2022, if you are collecting social security before your full retirement age, anything that you earn over $19,560 will impact your social security benefit. Meaning, for every $2 of wages that you earn above that limit, again, that limit's $19,560, Social Security will withhold $1 from your Social Security earnings. So if you have a high-paying job where maybe you're earning $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 more, whatever it is, well, chances are good. If you collect early, you can do so, but you won't end up getting any of your benefits. You'll be locking in a lower benefit. All of your benefit would actually end up being withheld. You'll partially get it paid back when you do turn full retirement age, when you stop working, but there's really no benefit to it because of the earnings limit. It's not as if you can just collect that extra income source and then invest it. A third benefit of delaying is social security is more tax advantaged than other types of income. And the actual tax advantage that you get will depend upon number one, what state you're in, depending on whether social security is taxed in your state or not. 
And then number two, where your other sources of income are coming from. Because depending on what's called your provisional income, between 0% to 85% of your social security benefit will be included in your taxable income. So as we talk about that, how does that factor into this analysis? Well, when we looked at a growth rate of say 6% of what if you would take social security, invest it instead and get 6%. Well, if you're looking at growth on say an IRA, because taking social security early is allowing your IRA to continue compounding. Well, your IRA is a lot less tax efficient than your social security benefit is. So the numbers for every person are going to be different depending on their overall situation. But to use a round number, you might actually need to grow by 7% or 7.5% to equal what that analysis showed at growing at 6%. And that's simply a factor of when you look at income coming directly from Social Security, it is much more tax efficient versus your portfolio continuing to compound. And if that portfolio is a 401k or an IRA or some other pre-tax investment, a lot more of it's going to be taxed than Social Security will be. So there's not, unfortunately, a general rule or formula you can apply to this because every state is different, every person's different, depending on where your income's coming from, depending on your tax bracket. But you would need a higher rate of return than we actually calculated in most cases to actually replicate the tax advantages in the growth on Social Security by delaying versus collecting early. A fourth benefit of delaying Social Security is we just don't know what the stock market's going to do. And this will reduce by delaying your benefit and collecting it later, it reduces the risk of market underperformance or behavioral mistakes, which are mistakes we make as a result of the market doing different things. This spreadsheet that I ran looks great on paper. On paper, it absolutely makes sense to delay collecting Social Security if you're accomplishing some rate of return. But that rate of return can't be guaranteed. If we could guarantee a rate of return of 7, 8, 9, 10%, well then 100% in most cases, it's going to make sense to collect Social Security early most times because the growth you're going to get on that is going to outpace the growth on your Social Security by delaying collecting. But the market is unpredictable. It does not care about our retirement goals or when we're retiring or the sequence of return risk that we're trying to eliminate. So the more you delay Social Security, that increased benefit is consistent. Every single month you're going to receive that paycheck and every single month you're less dependent upon your portfolio to generate as much income for you because more is now coming from Social Security. Now, sequence of return risk, some of this market risk can largely be mitigated through investing the right way, but one benefit of delaying Social Security is you don't need to worry about that as much if more of your benefit is coming from Social Security. Another benefit, the fifth benefit of delaying is consider your spouse. Maybe one is good with financial stuff and one hates financial stuff. And maybe you're listening to this and you're the numbers person and you're crunching the numbers and you're saying, oh my gosh, if we collect social security early and invest it, look how much better off we can do. But maybe your spouse does not think like this at all. Your spouse just wants security. Your spouse wants to not think about this. And what happens if the spreadsheet tells you that you should collect early and invest your funds, but then something happens to you and maybe you predecease your spouse and your surviving spouse who does not like investing and does not like to think about this stuff, now they're left with a lower benefit and the responsibility of understanding what to do with the funds that have been invested. So when you think about your spouse, understand what if something happened to you? Would your surviving spouse still be able to continue with this strategy or would it be better to delay social security, increase the benefit so that there's less that they would have to worry about if you should predecease them? 
The sixth benefit of delaying is also consider your spouse in, in a slightly different tilt in the fact that social security is very much a two-person decision. If you are married, you also must consider your survivor benefit. So even if you're both living today, at one point, assuming that one of you predeceases the other, the surviving spouse will be eligible for the higher of the two benefits, either their own or the deceased spouse's. So as you're doing that, sometimes it does make sense for one spouse to delay all the way till 70 or delay until later age. Of course, this depends upon your life expectancy and a whole bunch of other factors. But in many cases, one spouse will delay. And what that does is it locks in a higher benefit for both spouses' lifetime. And then maybe the other spouse collects early and maybe looks to invest theirs. So consider both spouses and understanding how the survivor benefit also plays into this role of creating income for the rest of your life. And then the final benefit that I at least want you to consider when it comes to delaying social security and, and collecting at a later age is just peace of mind. For a lot of people, that social security benefit, it's kind of like a continuation of a paycheck. And when you have a paycheck coming, it's nice to know that it's going to be there. You know what day of the month it's coming, you know the amount, you know it's not going down. Well, the earlier you collect, you can be better off financially, but there's more uncertainty with it. You have to ask yourself, what are you going to do when the next 2008 type event happens? Again, if you have the right portfolio strategy and you're allocated the right way, it shouldn't impact you financially, but emotionally it absolutely will. And if financial peace to you or financial security is all about a stable paycheck that you can count on and don't have to worry about and don't have to check the news to see what's happening in the market, well, there might just be more peace of mind around receiving a higher check from social security than there would be by collecting early and having a lower guaranteed check, but a higher portfolio balance to draw from, even if financially that made the most sense. So Back to the question, Kevin, thank you very much for asking this because I think this is an important thing to discuss in the context of the greater financial plan of can it be better to collect social security early and then invest. But just because it can be better does not mean that it's better for everyone. So make sure that you're considering all the factors that we walked through. So as you're going through your financial planning, you can make the decision for what works best for you and your family. So that's all I have today. Again, thank you very much for listening. If you haven't already done so, please check us out on YouTube. The channel's under Root Financial Partners. You can find this episode and you can find a whole bunch of other content there as well. If you are listening and enjoying this episode or enjoying this podcast, please make sure to leave a review. It helps more people find us. And it always means a lot to me when people review the show. It's fun to see that. So that is it for today. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.